It feels like the first time. It feels like the very first time. It feels like the first time. It feels like the very first time. Everybody, welcome, welcome one and all to the first time show. I realize that there are a lot of you who are more or less being forced to listen to this podcast because you subscribed to the Valley cast. And um, Does that mean people are clicking away after they find out Alana's not on it? I mean, it's possible people are clicking away the second they realize it's not a Valley cast. Alana I or no, it. but there are, it's possible listen, as, a, as an avid podcast listener, I'll listen to anything. That's what I'm saying. Like, well, that's where Isn't I was going to folk an extended family. <laughs> yeah. I've been doing a lot of puzzles in the quarantine and there just aren't enough podcasts. Well, yeah, that's the thing I was going to, that was the positive uptick I was going to bring about into this beginning of this program, which you've happened upon or you've purposefully selected is that, um, we're in a quarantine. We're working from home or we're not working or we have time to put things in our ears and brains and this is just another one of those things. And we're talking about a show that's really fucking cool and I guess it's you don't have to, to see it. What's that? I, I, I'm getting the feeling out of it exactly why I, why I didn't want to rewatch it right now. It's too close to home. It is brutal. <laughs> yeah, but we That's went through exactly the why we need to watch it. But we Colin. went through the first two Ugh. seasons where that where there was like a lot of shit. We've been through the trenches at this point. I know this is at least a fun part, but like, yeah, Jesus, God, this I is don't, the fun I, season where they're like, "Fuck it, we it's get like to trying do one to rewatch more... Idiocracy now," and you're like, <laughs> "That seems so out there before," and now it's just like that's just what's happening. I just love that this season feels like right out of the gate. And maybe maybe it's more about once more episodes come out, but it really feels like they're like, okay, we get one more season of this thing. Let's fucking just go nuts with this show. In the best way, though, not in like a random stupid way. Like right. everything. Is you don't think this is what they were building to? I don't know. This feels very methodical. I don't know. This feels like if we get seven seasons, the seventh season, Kevin becomes the Messiah. But they're like, we got three, so we'll just do it in the third season. <laughs> yeah, but like, where where could they have possibly gotten Kevin becomes the Messiah in the writers' room or something? Because they shot him and they wanted to take him back to the hotel. No, I'm talking about from the first season. And they were like getting probably flack for it. I'm talking about from the first season. And they're like, what if he's just invincible? But but so you're saying they had it planned out by two? By two, yeah, yeah. I think one was a was a almost one and done. Based book off the book, yeah, and then two and three are are Lindelof uh, sequels, yeah, like what it's he like did Cameron's with Watchmen, Alien. Or, like what he did with Watchmen. Yeah, it's like it's in the world, mm-hmm. but you're definitely looking at this idea through a different lens. Man, which that's... is thank God if it was all still like season one. <laughs> I know. I really like season one. I mean, I, I, I no, would have sure, been there but, for it. But it would no have been a, a heavy weight. Season one is carry. dark. Yeah. Is definitely heavier and darker than the other seasons. But um, yeah. By the way, we're talking about a show called The Leftovers. The Leftovers on HBO. <laughs> but we talk about. Well, you have to type in L E F T O V before it comes up on HBO Max. <laughs> <laughs> What's that all about? HBO Max. 
What the fuck is that all about? Brett with the real wisdom here. Someone in the comments is going to go, 0351 is when Brett has really good info about Leftovers on HBO Max. Everyone needs to know. You're not alone. Everyone has to type in that many Um, letters. Can I do my tight five on how bad the rewind button is on most streaming services? I feel like it's getting better. I feel like everyone no. has learned if, if you click the rewind, it jumps back 30 seconds. Yeah, no? but yeah, but some things are like you got to press it a couple of times or like. I don't, yeah, I find clicking it takes forever, but clicking and dragging little scroll bar works a lot faster, it seems like. But clicking but the scroll bar is because accurate. Jamie will come in in the middle of an episode, ask a lot of questions and be like, can you rewind that? I'm like, I can't. That's the thing. I can't or we'll be that's here all thing. afternoon. Exactly. And that's the worst fucking thing in the world. It's like if you're starting a streaming service, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this, you're a young CEO, you're a hot, hot body right at straight out of that fancy college, and you're trying to get an idea for a streaming service, the first fucking thing you should do is perfect the fucking rewind feature. Perfect it. Because I swear to God... I have I have been watching something where the rewind has been so frustrating. I just close the app down and open up a different app and watch something else. <laughs> Who's doing it the best? I think Netflix has it down to a science. Netflix has the best. Yeah. I like Voodoo. I don't use Voodoo. Anybody anybody using Voodoo? Nope. <laughs> That's where all my movies that I had on DVD and transition to HD or whatever it is, UHD, um, are all on Voodoo. And so it's like a little it's like a little uh library of all the DVDs I once had. So is it your you've curated it? Yeah, oh yeah. I mean so they it's had your, a so disc it's like Plex. digital. So it was like for two bucks you could scan the QR code Whoa. or the uh, UPC on your DVD Whoa. and they would upgrade it to um digital. I love that idea. They still do it. What the fuck? I don't know about that. Their marketing sucks. Yeah, I think Walmart owned it, and I think they're trying to offload it right now. It's probably not going to survive, but with Movies Anywhere. Because their marketing sucks. uh, If you log in on Movies Anywhere, it actually took my whole library and just kind of like threw it like toys in a toy box into my Amazon library, which is a mess. Oh, no. And uh, So now I can kind of see them anywhere, but when I go to Voodoo, it feels like a very nice curated like all the old universal monster movies are there That's all nice. the friday the 13th movies are there and i know they're they're pristine quality and you know what the goddamn rewind button works yeah that's important shout out to voodoo i use plex which is similar to what you're talking about voodoo matt rob shout out to matt rob shout plex. out to matt rob um but uh the rewind is the worst possible thing that exists it breaks yeah because that's streaming directly from a hard drive somewhere yeah yeah. um and also disney plus's rewind is a piece of shit too but a lot of people say chalk it up to uh there being like a ton of fucking people watching the same shit and watching it all at the same time especially now during a quarantine and that kind of makes it all buggy but dude it's i put on scene beach movie on disney plus and came in here for the kids yeah, 
Right outside. Well, ask them after they're done and after you're done if the rewind feature was frustrating at all. I brought the remote in here. <laughs> they're watching Teen Beach Movie. And when I hear them, I'll just click OK and it'll play again. This isn't the first wow. time I've done this. Dad mode is on. Um, uh, well, yeah, anyway. It's the only acceptable Disney Channel original movie. <laughs> what about Fuzzbucket? Anyway, I'll save it for my Fuzz Bucket podcast. Guys, welcome to the first time show. Owen Carter's here and has patiently been uh, enjoying this conversation about streaming services and the. Don't rewind. look at me. <laughs> um, but Owen's here instead of Alana because Alana is taking a seminar and is unavailable to be on the show. So, you know, whatever. This feels. This feels like uh, it feels time. right. I miss Alana, but it feels right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the trifecta. The OG. These are yeah. the these are the OGs right here. Starting season three, final season. Yeah, yeah. Brett, what do you got so far? How how do you feel about this? <clears throat> I mean, it, it it definitely is. It's got a. It feels like a good trilogy. Right. Very, very unique. Each act is its own thing, but very much a three-act kind of situation. So we were talking Friday the 13th before this. Uh, this is a total Friday the 13th move. Where it's like the villain at the end of the last movie, you make it seem like he's got the upper hand. and then, Or I shouldn't say the villain. I, was, I should say the final girl. So let's call Liv Tyler the final girl of Leftovers. But isn't so the, the beginning final of Friday the 13th 2, they just straight up murder the final girl immediately. But the final and in Friday the girl... 13th 3, they do it again. What's but, that? But the final girl is the protagonist, I thought. Yeah, but this is flipping it on, on its head and making it the antagonist. But they are going like, you know what? I remember... That person won season 2... But we don't want them in season three, so we're just gonna we're we gonna can't afford them anymore. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna knock that out real quick. I remember we're gonna being, give them a really cool moment, and then it's gonna be over. I remember being initially very disappointed that that went by so quick. Like, and uh, by the way, they all got blown up by a drone. Anyway, moving on. I I, had, I loved it. They gave her like the perfect speech to set up that she's felt... carrying on Patty's agenda for the the GR, which is like we are here to die. To remind people, you know, it felt more right. It was just kind of a when watching it this time, but the first time I was like, and they just got blown up. By, uh, never mind about them. And then uh, Jill's like, oh, where's Jill? She's in college. Okay, bye. It was like, like, uh, honey, I blew up the baby. The older <laughs> sister's like, I'm going to college. Bye. And you never see her again. I was just kind of like, yeah, but you know what? I appreciate what they did way more than when they go like. Well, at least you didn't go off to military school like Jackie did, or like you know, like some stupid, you don't even see like a throwaway anything. line, yeah, for a yeah. character it that just everybody felt like they loved. were kind of wiping a lot of stuff away so they could get to other stuff a little quickly for me. But it, it, I, mean, I love the stuff they I, used. I felt like they had us in mind. Yeah, I felt like it was Lindelof. Kate should have came like should have walked out green screen style at the bottom of the screen and been like. <laughs> Did you really want to see the GR for another fucking season? All right, I know we're good with that. Wouldn't you love to see Kevin go to Australia? Like, what are we doing here? Mm -hmm. Let's 
let's take care of this. Yeah, like they had um, some more stuff to do with the GR, and they had a really cool idea with the GR for the first and second season, like arc, like with the GR storyline. I feel like the line. GR still has to do something. Yeah, sure, three. sure. I mean, yeah, well, sure. Because I get, yeah, I totally, they totally gaslighted me on two. Like I thought they were Dude. defunct out, and then they became the biggest thing. So I assume in the end of three is like the final battle. I mean, did you did you notice that like when in the first episode of season three, by the way, moving into the format of the show, respecting the it, book of Kevin, can, the book of Kevin, Mimi, Mimi directed. <laughs> Wait, where's my Kevin's? Where are they? God damn it. She's not here, Kevin. 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 Dude, pause. Jump all the way to the very last clip I sent you. We'll okay. just get into it now. Okay. You don't need to explain, Kevin. <laughs> is she not? I mean, like, is Nora channeling a little Patty? Am I wrong? It's like the name Kevin. It like shook me. It's like the name Kevin is hard to be to, to take an emotional flourish with, I guess. <laughs> it's are, hard. Are we saying so she's all Patty? Like Patty has embodied Nora in that moment. Yeah. I was going to try and do a cut of Home Alone where you replace every Kevin with Kevin. <laughs> uh, um, the trailer or the whole movie? Maybe it's been a, a long quarantine. Maybe one of those uh, mashups or whatever the fuck. All right. Super hypercut. Yeah. So um, in the opening of season three, we're treated to uh, the past, some, some kind of you know what what was it like the 18 1800s what was it or earlier yeah somewhere around it there. was um it was from the movie midsummer <laughs> <laughs> right uh yeah i didn't totally understand what happened there i think what was going on was we were seeing kind of like the power that religion and belief has over people and i think that like we are following this family that believed because of this like sermon that they heard that if they went up to the roof of their home on this specific date, you know, they'd ascend. Oh, wait, no, what are we saying? What, what time did it take place? In? It was 1844. He wrote it a bunch of times. <laughs> oh shit. Well, there you go. <laughs> it was like April and then it was August, but it was like 1844. Yeah. So anyway, so if you believe that, or it could have been happening after what we've already seen village style. <laughs> or it's a flash sideways. Uh, but I mean, anyway, spoilers that was, that was happening a lot around before season three, but around the t time of season one or two, because there was the 2012 apocalypse and all the different like people predicting. Oh, yeah. oh right. Times. It happens but why did her time. husband? Why did her husband turn on her? Well, like here's that? here's what I interpreted from that. Because you try something enough times, and you're like, yeah. This is, this is what I interpreted from it was that she, they, the whole family was in on this thing where they would maybe ascend to heaven, or you know, maybe they'd be chosen, or. But, you know, some kind of Christian belief of you'll be taken to some higher plane of existence on this specific heaven's gate, whatever. Yeah, some kind of heaven's gate situation. Kevin's Kevin's gate. <laughs> Man, that's so funny. There should be a leftovers only podcast called Kevin's Gate. But um <laughs> But anyway, like uh so I think the family goes up and then when when nothing happens, the you know, some people start to like laugh at them and go like, Haha, you idiots, like you you thought something was gonna happen and now look at you. And mm. and then they kept trying it and the the 
sermon, the priest or whatever, kept getting like notes from like a bird from some other priest somewhere. Probably. Bird. Find your bird. <laughs> <laughs> Let's find your bird. I got it. I got it, people. I got the bird. <laughs> Thank you. Um. Anyway, but uh so you know maybe there were more birds to come by the way maybe there were carrier pigeons that were like delivering the message of when this enlightenment would happen and so they kept trying it and it wasn't working because obviously it was bullshit and so the dad was like this is bullshit we gotta stop doing this and she was like no i'm gonna keep doing it and that's the test of faith right the longer you stick it out the more everyone's not believing anymore You're like well it must I, you know i'll prove myself right right i'll just keep doing it because i know it's true and and mm-hmm. uh because i don't know what else is you know that's the only thing i know or whatever um and so you know after that it seems like her going into the church and laying down with the rest of the parishioners or whoever they are oh what a cool transition great fucking yeah transition. But I, I was thinking, so they're not trying to say that was the earliest uh, look at the GR. I mean, I think it's like an earliest look at, like, cults. Okay. Maybe. Earlier look. But I also think that there is a connection to the GR because they're all wearing white. And then... um and then you you and then you transition to the guilty remnant of present day and you kind of just get it i think what they were trying to say is is that this is a different example of a guilty remnant type cult or something and then it transitions mm-hmm. into the guilty remnant and then that's that but but um what i found interesting was was that those 1840s people were wearing white and then the guilty remnant wear white and then when um Matt is having his sermon. They're all in white at the at the um, baptismal f- river thing, and then the guilty remnant like people come and you know or you know they're not guilty remnant but they're like you know what are they activists or something and they come and they go like you, the fucking guilty remnant was killed by the FBI essentially and when that fight happens. And yeah, and then they got stoned by people in white. It, people in white, car. and it really felt like guilty remnant shit. And I think you got a moment yeah. of Kevin realizing that and seeing that and being like, Jesus Christ, this shit's never going to end. This, like, you know, this, these symbols, this symbolism, this imagery. But I thought that was yeah. really interesting. This was the best Kevin yeah we've got so far. I think he's in his final form, but he also yeah. certainly likes to... Just on horseback, like a goddamn like cowboy. A, like a I cowboy, a badass cowboy. But then he like puts a bag around his head and then tries to die uh, like every day. <laughs> <It seems. laughs> Everybody has to feel alive sometimes, you know? I mean, Nora can relate because she used to get shot by prostitutes. So I know to fast forward to the end when she comes in on him, it's like, I know he does such a good job (laughs) acting in that moment of like complete and utter paralysis (laughs) because you're embarrassed beyond any possible like imagination. Yeah. Like imagine being trying to make excuses for it. Like, yeah, I I don't want to die. And it's like, you definitely duct taped a fucking bag to your head. I I I take it off every time. I swear. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was amazing. It's like, yeah, I can't imagine 
well, reacting and, and, to and, that. And, and Justin Thoreau is so good. We, you know, he's just so fucking good. And, and he really sold in that moment that, like, he was going through his through line journey and, and we just caught back up with him when, when Nora came in and walked in on him. But when he like says to her, like, let's have a baby, y- you can really like feel that through line of where Kevin's coming from. Like you just caught me in one of my most vulnerable possible moments. I'm still broken in like a really deep way like, fuck it, let's have a fucking baby, you know? Like, that's his answer to, like, fixing it, I guess, you know? right? are so broken still. Yeah. There's a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, especially Nora, who went to go get her children's names tattooed on her and then, like, covered it up with what she thought was a fucking phoenix and turned out to be the fucking Wu-Tang Clan logo. Wu-Tang Band? The Wu-Tang Band. Um. Hit me with that clip, Wu-Tang. Where is it? It's called Wu-Tang? All right, let me see. <laughs> it's the logo for the Wu-Tang band. <laughs> <laughs> so good. It's but... crazy that Kevin is so still so broken because this is the most whole I he's know. been in the whole time that we've watched this show. He's got all of his family back. Everything's the best it's been. Yeah, he's lit- his son, he's still a his adopted son, who was basically estranged for an entire season, is now like his deputy. Oh, they're, they're so great together. They're like I know. cops. I could watch that show for years. I know, I know, and he's so good. They're both so good, but yeah. When Gary Beauty comes back, I mean, maybe I, I shouldn't. I'm, 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 <laughs> thinking, I'm doing all the clips. Out but loud. here's the thing. I guess it just is one of those stories of someone who just like is never satisfied and like there's still something that they're searching for. I think they for. just, it, the whole show is them trying to heal and, and trying to so, fix. Yeah. And there's so many fix. lingering things. And these are kind of some of the most damaged people. It seems like for whatever reasons, you know, just, just it's well, it's so interesting because they suffering. We're to the point where we have two main characters equally broken one because she lost her entire family and one who was seemingly unaffected by uh, October 14th or 15th in Australia. I love that they can bring it up. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, yeah. But it's like Kevin, as broken as he is, he's not affected by the disappearance of all these people, like directly, meaning his family, whereas Nora is directly affected, the most affected that we've seen. So it's like, it's interesting the dichotomy of them together and that they're both still so completely fucked up well their family was more when Lori went off to the cult and all that that's where their their damage really started to come through totally but you know i mean like um when nora goes and meets with uh uh what's what's john's wife's name erica 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 she says like i was able to bury my daughter yeah and essentially saying because i because I had something tangible, I was able to move on. And like Kevin has everything tangible. While you know his wife and son left to go join Colts, they still are here. Um, Nora kind of has nothing and is very. I feel like she's the most, uh, you know, chaotic or problematic in regards to. I would be nervous about her all the time. Yeah, I mean, she's certainly. Like if she drove a car off the fucking bridge, I'd be like, well, yeah. 
Yeah, it seems like well, she's... Well, it wasn't her baby. That was a problem. It seems like she's becoming unhinged because yeah. Lily was a big transitional, like a big reason why she was able to, you know, move on from her whole family departing and learning all the shit about her husband. And, and Lily was, the baby was a way for her to like forget about it and move on and then join Kevin's family and, and all of that. But then Lily is taken from her and now she's kind of like her, her purpose was kind of taken away from her. It seems like, and, uh, which is a bummer because they have such a nice, like, new family kind of group. And I know, I and loved the, it. The birthday party is so great. Yeah, and um, but you know, it's not unbelievable that that girl would be like, "I want my fucking daughter back." You know, that's her daughter. So, right. Um, and that shit happens all the time. So it's kind of um, it's just fucked up that it's happening to her. But it's really, it really makes sense why she's acting so like, you know unhinged and why she's like oh yeah tower guy fucking <laughs> departed no here's his dead body he died yeah <laughs> jesus yeah i i was gonna say we're jumping all around but when tom pulls her over yeah coming back into town that whole scene is amazing it's so good from the beginning when he's like jokey and jovial yeah. to the bottom when he's like i didn't leave her for you i left her for my dad it's so much there's so much in that sentence because yeah, he didn't know that Nora existed. He left Lily for his dad, which is his adopted father. Yeah, I don't know that that whole scene I thought was amazing. There's par- all those parallels, or even like how the, well we'll get to it, but Nora lost her whole family, three out of four, and Perfect Strangers guy lost his whole cast, three out of four. So there's that can like bond. I love that he's carrying that weight. It's <laughs> everyone from the cast, but me. It doesn't make sense. The building I have on to it find is so purpose good. and meaning. <laughs> Dude, when I saw Steve, Steve was there. The first episode has no main title. I know so it's already, so good. Know. And then, and then the second episode, when that perfect stranger <laughs> scene kicked in, Steve saw me. I lost my mind. Uh, I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> I know. I didn't know you could do so that. Oh, great. That's the Under perfect my way breath, to describe I was just it. Like, yeah, fuck you. Uh, yeah. And, and like, it, it perfectly God sets damn. the tone for what they're doing this season. They're just and like. Then even in the later, when she's got the traveling montage, and they do the like leftover the, style piano Yeah, the piano the version. version. <laughs> Dude. And I the guy is from a, it's Perfect It's so Rangers. incredible. It's so good. <laughs> That's an incredible piece of music because underlaid under all of that is this really upsetting like tense. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, wonderful. What a wonderful interlude. I love that you're the musical guest, too. <laughs> Tonight's musical guest is Owen, as well as special guest Owen. 
but it's not Dude, like that, that cue it... when she was driving the the way that they committed to it and they were like well, yeah there's just gonna be nothing else it's gonna be this for a couple minutes i mean it's amazing. not random at all it's these little that's the thing from the it's very not random of, of season one and everything yeah. it's not yeah, random but, oh. and it's not even like a fuck you and, and or Brett, anything you're not even done with the season yet. yeah this is this is the attitude for the whole season it is awesome it's like it's actually just like what if we had the fucking guy from perfect strangers that was so good by the way who's so good this is the role of the uh, of his fucking life <laughs> yeah when he starts crying it, he's if like i'm the director i'm like listen you can play this like funny and hammy and whatever and everyone no one would fault you for it <laughs> or you can fucking play this straight and absolutely kill it and show people what you can do <laughs> yeah and he did like, that I, i'm surprised he didn't get more work after this agreed he's incredible in it he's so good and and i just love the fact that they're just like and i really hope there's something about it in here that we can read um on the lostpedia but uh I did I, watch a little clip with lindelof talking about it it wasn't really anything like mysterious it just they asked his permission to do him in the first season and he like got the whole bit. And then they had the little clip of him in the second season where he's in Mexico. I mean, this is the so impression it. I get. The impression I get is, is that they wrote that joke in the writer's room and everybody loved it when they were like, who else do we think departed? And someone was like, what if everyone from perfect strangers departed except for <laughs> cousin Larry? <laughs> Dude, if I'm Lindelof, there's not a call I'm more excited to make than season season three getting on the phone and be like, "Hey, do you want to come like in Yeah, it? dude, that's the really thing. Really have a purpose I in mean, the show. But I I just wish I could be a fly on the wall in the writers' session when they're like, "Okay, what if? Like, what are we doing with Nora this season? What's Nora's story? Let's see. Okay, how about Lily gets taken away from her, and so she has no child, and the memories of her children she lost in the departure are flooding back, and uh, all of a sudden she's reached back out by scientists, like we kind of alluded to in the second season a little bit, that there's a way to like see her kids again. And they're like, oh, that's so great, we love it. And that fucking stoner in the corner is like, what if? What if the guy that reaches out to her is the guy from Perfect Strangers? <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like, no, no, no. And then Lindelof comes in, they're pitching all the ideas, and it's like, I have, like, one more idea. And everyone's like, oh, this fucking guy. <laughs> and Lindelof is like, fuck yeah. Fuck like, yeah, it's guy. <laughs> I don't give a shit about the rest of it. Let's start there, and let's figure the rest of it out. I mean, the fact that the opening. The Marriott's on fire? The what? My what the fuck? All right. <laughs> Let me see. Hold on. Special report live. Special report. We've got this live. Oh, there it goes. Not funny. What if people are trapped? Well, it is, it is not funny. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jeez. Did you watch this live when it aired? Season three. I was... I didn't watch the first couple seasons because after Lost and Prometheus, I was like, I hate Damon Lindelof. Oh, no. And then Steve tried to get me to watch Leftovers forever, and then season three was going to air, and I was like, fine. And I watched the first two. I was like, oh, shit. And I so can't. Only, I wouldn't have watched Watchmen if Leftovers hadn't been awesome. Oh, that's interesting. Much like Lost, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm a little sad that I missed the um, the, live the weekly stream. banter. Yeah, the kind of the day-to-day -day of leftovers didn't have the lost conversation though that Marriott's was everyone was talking about it for years 
leftovers. Yeah, there was no there yeah. was no water cooler for leftovers. That was too specific, I think. It was like a very specific water cooler. Oh no! Oh my gosh! Holy shit! What the fuck? That's that's a bad fire. That's a big bad fire. It's a beautiful photo. It think, is. Do you think Kevin Sr. was in there with his buddies? <laughs> Trying to communicate? <laughs> they took too much God's tongue. Dude, it is. Uh, I'm, I'm in for it, but it's a little off the reservation at this point. With uh, It's those things where you... All the Australia stuff. It's the stuff where you like... You have the conversation while you're coming up with it, and you're like, "But that's too far. We can't do that." They every time they seem to be like, "Let's do it." Well, I'm sure they're like, "We got to go to Kevin Senior. We got to get to Australia. It's got to be insane <laughs> because it's him." But the police chief being named Kevin and them drowning him. <laughs> I had a moment where I was like, "Is that supposed to be Kevin?" Like right. years later. Right. The Nora reveal at the end of one. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I thought that was the cringiest part of... That was the only part that I was like... Of this whole series where I was a little like... Eesh. Hmm. They Not made sold. too big of a deal out of that. Were and you it, thinking... It seemed silly. Did you know it was her right away? Or did you just kind of... No, oh. I was just like, well, I don't know who this is. Because I don't know an older woman in this... You know, in the hierarchy of this show. And when it turned around and it was Nora, I was like, mm, I didn't need that. Can I just say really quick, and mm-hmm. I know we've already, we're already way past it. First of all, I hope everybody's safe in that fucking Marriott. I know. I'm, I'm now worried and it's feel bad possible, It's possible that it's the fire is behind the Marriott, too. And this area, it's kind of windy right now in the valley, and it's dry. And it's the perfect fucking storm. Oh, that's been on fire before over there. Yeah, yeah. like Sepulveda oh. Basin kind of area ish. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, it's a dry day. It's a dry weekend. It's one of those dry weekends, guys. Perfect storm for someone to throw their fucking cigarette or um, a. Don't do it, assholes! I get yeah. so nervous, especially if I'm like driving through like a foresty area and like I don't smoke out of my car or anything because like. If I was, or don't, I don't throw my butts ever, because I'm like, if I was the guy who started the fire, I'd feel real fucking Dude, bad. Dude, someone, I watched someone throw a, a lit cigarette into the dry little field that's connected to my no! apartment. I watched him do it, and then I, I was like, that's going to be a fire. I waited for, like, the smoke to start showing up. Like, truly. It's like, mm. how often does that guy do that? Like, he probably does that a lot. Like that that thing's gonna start on fire, you fucker. If you're gonna throw it, just throw it in the street at least. Yeah. Why in that why yeah. that field so specifically? Ugh. Anyway, um so yes, I hope everyone's safe in that fire and we'll I guess I'll keep you updated. I don't know. There's helicopters already, so hopefully people are safe. Um we got a good fire department here and I feel like there's not much going on, so I think they'll take care of it. So. Thanks, LAFD. LAFD So anyway, um the one thing I wanted to say, I know we moved on from the theme song from Perfect Strangers, but I love that <laughs> you just fucking like you didn't get a you didn't <laughs> you didn't get an intro f- at all in the first episode of of season three, and then in the second episode, 
you get the season two intro, but you get the Perfect Strangers theme song, <laughs> and it's like, what the fuck is going on? And it, and a lot I've never of, seen a show do that. Alana didn't know it was the Perfect Strangers theme song. She had never seen Perfect Strangers, so she was unaware of it. But she was like, this is really funny and weird. I love it. And she's like, is this season going to be like a sitcom? And by the way, uh, to give you guys a little bit of a tease for what's happening later in the show... I have a new segment called Alana's Thoughts, and she sent Ooh. her thoughts in. That's not new. So she can still. Well, it's Alana's Thoughts. Alana's Thoughts is all part. Alana's Thoughts is part of the show already, but Alana's Thoughts is a segment when she's not here, and they're her thoughts that we read, like Dan's thoughts, but they're Alana's Got thoughts. It. Um, but anyway, because we'll... it's because it's called the identical thing that you called it before. <laughs> it's the confusing part. Yes, exactly. So anyway, but we're before we do clips, we'll do Alana's thoughts once we're all through everything. Which but... one is T H O T S? It took me too long. Alana's thoughts. She would love. She would really appreciate that if it was T H O T S. All right. Well, so all right. Officially, it's Alana's thoughts. T H O T S. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> um, and then you hear the fucking Perfect Strangers theme, and you're like, "What the fuck are is going on? Why is the Perfect Strangers theme happening?" And then it isn't even until like halfway into the episode that you even see the guy from fucking perfect strangers she calls the guy on the phone and is like do you know who i forgot his name do you know who what's his name mark is? lynn like, baker mark lynn baker <laughs> do you know who mark <laughs> lynn baker is yeah he's the guy from perfect strangers who fucking didn't depart and he was hiding in mexico or whatever and you're like what the fuck that's why they use the perfect strangers theme song this is crazy and then it is him and then he's talking about a way to like use the fucking radiation that was like tr there were trace amounts of radiation during the. It got so lost. Oh, I got so, so lost. It got so sci-fi. It was like the trace amounts oh, of radiation. Time. And by the big way, time. it totally tracks with that thing that scientist did when he came to see her in season two, and he like points that like radiation like reader at her. He was checking if she had radiation. Yes, he was checking to see yeah. if she had radiation, and I think that's why eventually it connected them in season three because um it you know for all four of her or three of her family members departed like right in front of her so i guess she has some potential trace amounts of that same radiation but uh and maybe that's what connected her to this call and the guy from perfect strangers but i just love that he's like yeah they use that fucking shit and then they zap you and you go to wherever the fuck they went whether it's death or some other place yeah i want to know what brett thinks is yeah happen what the fuck the like what do you even think about all that yeah well first i was disappointed that they didn't change the visual of the intro because I they changed too. it from one to two and i, I thought there too. was an opportunity to maybe recreate the perfect strangers intro with like kevin and john <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, no, 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 even John's better. Like out in a field no, no. with sh like herding sheep. Even better. What if they redid the, the, the Perfect Strangers intro, but all of the people that departed are like disappeared yeah. oh, like the season two intro, yeah. But it's just the regular <laughs> uh, intro, except they're just not in the shot. So, I watched it. Those girls are not even <laughs> in the intro. It's just the two of them it's headed just, to just wet doing wacky shit. <laughs> Um, Balky jumps on a that? wagon that says America or burst. 
Oh, fuck. <laughs> fuck, I love America that. America so or poof. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Did you what do I think? I honestly think oh. it's is nonsense. You don't think it's head, headed anywhere? It's not going to be. Oh, like you don't a think that's or... legit? Nope. I think it's wow. fun. I think that Damon Lindelof is dangling the carrot of like it's lost. There's this bigger thing, and then we're going to find out like, oh yeah, all that's garbage. Oh, he nonsense. said it. The carrot stick operation. Yeah, right? she's like, we got a carrot yeah, stick. So I think Nora, when she finds out it's not real, is going to lose her lose her shit in Australia and and bail. And that's how we're going to get her future version where her she's tracking forward. down birds. Um, but yeah, I think it's I think it's nonsense. That's what I think. Wow. Okay. I mean, you're not, wrong. you're not intrigued that there might be a scientific explanation. No, because I thought that they were going to show the video of the people saying like I absolve them, whatever, and then we were going to get more video of them after. After the fact I thought that it was too. just that I was like, fuck, they're all dead. Yeah, that's the they thing. I don't think up. they. I don't think there's a way to come back. I think it just sends you there, and that's that. Yeah, the one thing I don't know is, does Nora believe it, or is she still just chasing this like as a case? Yeah, it seems like we're not sure yet, and it, and I think they've perfectly established the possibility of either. Yeah, it... I was surprised she like Kevin come, <laughs> wants Kevin to come with her to Australia. I know, but she totally said it in a way that your girlfriend would say if your relationship isn't oh, going so well. Sure, and yeah, she okay. just doesn't want to be. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, you can come if you want. <laughs> it's so funny from the outside looking in how quickly you can identify the end of a relationship <laughs> if you're not in it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I'm making an educated guess because it really seems like Nora is like about to just be like, I'm out, like, peace out. Like, I don't have my daughter anymore. You're trying to fucking almost kill yourself every day. Like, this town is fucking still crazy and shitty. And, you know, I wouldn't, I, it wouldn't surprise me if Nora just packed her bags and we never saw her again. Like, so um, that's the feeling I get from her um, when I see her and uh, Kevin interacting right now. Like I see someone who's like, let me do this on my own. But if he's like, but I love you, she's going to be like, okay, well, I, I, if you love me, then come. You know, it's like she's still attached to him. She still loves him. But it seems like she could just leave like that. Yeah. I mean, I think she could just leave Earth like that. Like, she's not, she's barely hanging on. But she doesn't really want to die, though. And I think that's established. No, I, I don't think she wants to die, but I think she came to Texas thinking, this is a fresh start. This is where I can, like, start over. Yeah. And it just didn't work it out. It just that didn't way. work and out. So now yeah. she's open to going to Australia to chase this opportunity. And it's like, it's, it's also interesting more... that they're like, you can see your kids. They didn't talk about her husband. It wasn't like, you know, you can see your family or whatever. It's like, you can see your kids. What episode are we talking about? <laughs> is it the second, first one or the second one? Well, the first one is all about the guy on the... I'm just trying to, to keep track of where we dies. are. And then uh, I feel like these two episodes do a really nice job of like telling one story. The second one is definitely Nora's story, but... <laughs> You know, the first one is all about Kevin becoming the Messiah and uh, John and his son and the preacher writing a new gospel. Uh, the, gospel the gospel of Kevin. Of Kevin. 
which I love that the women at the in, at the end of two in Australia oh, yeah. Uh, quote. Yeah. So the book has gotten out and people. And here's the other question. Well, no, never mind. That's not much of a question. That's that question was answered because uh, Kevin answered because Kevin's dad is there. I was I was going to say, like, how do we know that's not like the future that um, Nora's in? I felt like it was some future. Well, regardless, Kevin's dad is there. So it seems like if he's still alive, it can't be that long ago. Must be correct. Uh, I just I like that it started off and every time it leans too much into like the religious stuff where I start to be like, all right, all right. Even though I know that's like how people would react and whatever. And it usually ends up calling bullshit on it in one way or another anyways. But just when I'm like getting a little tired of the religious angle, that totally switches to like the Nora and like the science and there might be this way and there's, you know, whatever, all these like scientific things. So then it, it tips back to the other, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I really, every time it feels like lost, every time it feels like lost, I'm reminded that we there's not a big problem to solve. Like lost, the problem was the island and getting off of the island. And what is the island? This is like people disappeared and I don't feel like they're coming back. So we're not trying to solve for it. Well, meaning like we want to know what's going on, but we're not trying to solve it. Does that make sense? There's Talking always kind of a ticking clock based on another anniversary, but it's not like anything definite yeah. or, or but super this pressing or whatever. Right. argument between character and story this this feels much more character than story but it I feels like story that. propels the character but yeah so every time we get into science i'm a little like side eye like mm, this feels more like a religious thing even prometheus had all the religious i'm really actually quite pleased that watchman didn't need <laughs> to mess with that stuff as much because like we we covered it a lot yeah it's not really that necessary. You know what I noticed though? This is a, obviously this is like obvious, but give you you watch a movie or a show and there's a lot of, you know, good really good scenes that are, you know, dramatic and characters are confronting and discussing things and the dialogue's like perfect and every moment's like very poignant and whatever. Do you do you guys ever have scenes where you have like dramatically sat down with somebody in your life? And just like start really talking about it, like as as without no. you know, it feels like conversations more naturally kind of evolve into big moments. Yeah, on, you don't mean it. Yeah, but you never walk into a room like we got to talk about what's going yeah, on. Yeah, the movies just and cut out all of the that Tom and Nora conversation was so good because that felt real, more natural. It felt yeah, like he's pulling her over. He's kind of being like cheeky with her, but he. He got the call, you know, that she went to see, uh, you know, Lily. I, yeah, I, I and and I as know. they kept talking, it got more and more uncomfortable. And it got to a point where he's like, it never was for you. You made all this up in your head. And yeah, I don't, maybe, I ser maybe serious people talk that way more. I don't know. I try um, not to. Did you guys it, realize that the name of the second episode... <laughs> is don't be ridiculous and do you know why uh, uh, i don't know why i can't remember it's balky's catchphrase <laughs> <laughs> of course it is uh, 
I can't even picture that. He goes, don't be ridiculous. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> the only thing I remember from Perfect Strangers is one where they said they had been out on like a cruise and they lied about it. So they went to like a tanning booth and they fried themselves on accident. And they're trying to like go to this fancy party in tuxedos, but they're all like burned to a crisp and they're like walking around at the party like, ah, <laughs> Wow, I don't remember any uh, the one, episodes. The one I remember the most for some reason is the one where Balky gets a credit card and he doesn't understand that you have to pay the money for it later. And so he just keeps buying things on the credit card. And Cousin Larry keeps getting all upset with him because there's these big things keep showing up in the apartment like like a workout machine and like an arcade machine a treadmill and like he and he's like how are you affording all of this balky and he's like i put it on the credit card and it, and he learned a very valuable lesson in that episode but I guys, like they probably did that in mork and mindy as well i'm sure they did i found a super cut, really a good storyline i found a super cut of balky saying don't be ridiculous you guys want to hear oh it? no I'm ready. Ridiculous. <laughs> Wait. Of course, I have. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> of course, not. Don't be ridiculous. 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 I am not born in the USA. I love that the catchphrases. You couldn't come up with anything stupid. Yeah, someone in the writer's room is like, <laughs> so much. what's Balky's catchphrase? What if it's, hey, come on. No, no, no. Hey, come on. It's got to be something better. What if of it's like, not, only no, in US of A. <laughs> Where I come this from. Is... <laughs> you know, like some. Perfect Strangers is the one that they make fun of in Master of None, right? I never watched Master of None, so I don't know. Okay, carry on. All right. Anyway, so I found uh, <laughs> I found an article where Lindelof talks about the Perfect Strangers stuff. You guys want to hear it? <laughs> Excuse me, Brett. Would you like to hear it? I'm googling go Perfect Strangers, the Masters of None. It's the logo. Okay, for the go Wii go Wii. go right ahead. It's the logo for the Wu-Tang Band. <laughs> I was going to say, neither of them really did anything besides Perfect Strangers, but Palky was in the, whatchamacallit, Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he was in a lot of stuff. Langoliers. Bronson Pinchot. He definitely was in Langoliers. Yes, he was. <laughs> Um, okay, was having the star of the campy 80s sitcom Perfect Strangers playing himself on The Leftovers in a crucial dramatic role too weird for even The Leftovers? Don't be ridiculous. Mark Lynn Baker <laughs> nailed his key scene in Sunday's episode where Baker tries to tell Nora and the audience on the existence or sell Nora on the existence of a machine that can teleport people to the same location where victims of the sudden departure vanished. Of course, fans know that Baker has been a bit of a running gag in the show, including the throwaway revelation in season two that Baker faked his departure. <laughs> 
Love it. Love it. Explains showrunner Damon Lindelof. I had just seen the movie The Fly with Jeff Goldblum, and I was like, what if there was, whether we actually ever show this thing or not, what if someone tells Nora that Jeff Goldblum has basically built this device that she can get into, which would teleport her to be with her kids again? Nora would be very reluctant to believe that this thing is true. It sounds like it's a con. And we can present that idea to her through a non-traditional source, like Mark Lynn Baker, a perfect stranger, and make it seem like it's a legitimate thing. So ultimately, the reason we go to Australia is not Kevin, but Nora. You would expect that it would be Kevin because his father's down there. So he's actually going to Australia because he's part of her mission as opposed to the other way around. And the baker of it all? We're always tickled by the idea of taking an idea that feels silly and ridiculous when it's first pitched, and we all laugh, and then we all look at each other and go, okay, what if we actually did that? (laughs) He says... And in the case of Mark Lynn Baker, it felt again like something that the show had been setting up even as a running gag over the first couple of seasons. But comedy comes in threes. It's a trilogy. What if Mark Lynn Baker is having is off having his show that we're not watching where he's on his journey and could that potentially collide with our show? <laughs> then came the decision to cast Sounds like a spin-off. Then came the decision to cast Lynn Baker and take Family chance. Matters was a spinoff of Perfect Strangers. That's true. Then came the decision to cast Lynn Baker and taking a chance on having an actor not known for his dramatic work deliver a monologue that's a crucial turning point in the final season. I really believe that acting in comedy is harder than drama, and most actors will basically say this thing, Lindelof says. But I was like, well, Mark Lynn Baker is a pretty great comedic actor, but I haven't really seen a lot of his dramatic work. I'll bet you he's amazing. He didn't really say that, I bet. He wasn't like, man, he's such a great comedic actor. I mean, really? They were probably more like, maybe he could do it. I don't know. We should try (laughs) it out at least. Yeah. Have him read or something. Um, I also like that he was wearing a suit just like Kevin in the International Assassin. Wait, say that like again? He had, in a he had, hotel? Yeah, he was in the hotel and he had this new suit that looked just like the suit in Kevin's dressed like that when he's the assassin. The it was tailor-made like the, suit? Yeah, it was the black suit with the white shirt oh, oh, and no tie. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But the difference between those two guys wearing the exact same suit in the same setting is like, well... <laughs> <laughs> He didn't exactly look like Justin Theroux. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you think uh, Nora was starstruck at all? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe like a little bit? Yeah. Okay. But she seemed like the type to get starstruck. A little bit, deep down. I, I mean, yeah, deep down. Come on, Ellen. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> I can't believe that's the catchphrase. It's the worst catchphrase. Like I think it's the worst catchphrase ever. Every, like catchphrase joke from from then on was based on that. Yeah, I think so. We Not should the do. Mama. I want to do a top five worst catchphrases in all of all time. Did I do that? Is the is the quintessential? I don't worst. know. Did you I do, do that for your YouTube channel? And you got a hit on your hands. <laughs> 
You wrote it? Don't be ridiculous. All right. Well, anyway, let's Top ten. Top ten worst sitcom catchphrases. <laughs> Not the mamas in there. Not the mamas. Did I do that either. as number one? <laughs> Don't be ridiculous Don't be is ridiculous. in there. There's got to be one in like step by step. Oh, Full house is oh, how, rude. how rude. Oh, man. That one's so bad. But it's a cute little kid saying it, so. I think, I think Hey, Hey, Hey is now hey, very, hey, very hey. not good. The the Fat Albert? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to Alana's thoughts since I feel like we've gone through most of what. Oh, we, I guess we. So the, have you guys talked about the old ladies that are searching for Kevin? We totally covered it. Totally covered it. Great. All right. Well, um, we'll probably get to more in the emails regardless. Probably get to more of it. Yes, I'm sure we'll get to it. But anyway. When Oshin sends in his email. I wanted to read Alana's thoughts. If you, if you guys. Oshin. Uh, <laughs> Oshin. You guys down for Alana's thoughts right now? You dogs down for some golf? You guys, dogs got down for some golf? All right, everybody. Alana's thoughts. What happened to applause on the show? I missed that. All it's right. Hard when you applaud on Discord, everybody mutes. Uh, that's the I didn't like that music. Let's try. <laughs> Maybe this one's better. Alana's thoughts. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Season three, episode one. Alana says, "On themes, what do you believe?" And playing with belief. Quote, you've been left behind. Okay. I can barely hear you over the music. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Just like old remember times. That, remember there was that period <laughs> in the first time show where Steve got bored with this show and just played music throughout the two-hour episode? <laughs> <laughs> well, guess what I found out? We can use Epidemic Sound, uh, which is one of the best fucking audio guys in the biz that's where i found all my vlog music and all the valley folk music is from epidemic sound um a lot of people use it but um i was gonna take some time to find like three or four tracks we could play during emails essentially because it's nice when you have music playing during but like, you couldn't find the time no i couldn't find the time the quarantine. i couldn't yeah, be bothered um here's some bullet points from season three episode one from alana God spoke through a carrier pigeon. Shredding right. shredding money made me more angry than the house purchase in season two. <laughs> oh, and do you did did you did you think about that ever? I don't remember thinking about it, but when you guys brought it up, I love. Like, uh, it. <laughs> yeah, I love that. There's emails from people about it, and Brett was upset about it. I don't like it. <laughs> Did shredding money upset you? Can you can do things with those money. You can do things with that money. Mm-hmm. At Were first, you... I thought it was like a counting machine. Like yeah, no. Bill count it. No, they're. Uh... Yeah. Maybe just... after Lori left the guilty remnant, she needs to be super guilt free. <gasps> oh. You know, it's still silly. Oh, I'm. <laughs> um. What the fuck, Lori and John? Yeah, I know. Lori and John is a crazy thing. That was a big, that was a big what? Oh, I feel yeah. like that made sense. I was for that. What was weird is the, is the house swap. Uh Oh, yeah, yeah. 
But they like traded houses. Did they? Wait, what house? Yeah. Because Kevin and Nora are now living in John old house. Really? John. Yeah, Yeah. pretty certain. Oh, I didn't get that. I didn't get that at all. I thought Kevin was in the same bedroom as when he was being visited by Patty last season. Like that chair was still in the room and everything. But maybe I'm maybe. wrong. Yeah, it, doesn't, it wouldn't make sense why they would have moved. I but I don't know. Maybe they just wrong. maybe they swap like houses every week or so just to switch it up. Do you have a plan? Well, of course I do. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> I'll check it out before next week. All right. Carry um, on with Alana's thoughts. Kevin has changed. I'm really aligned with Alana this week. Kevin has changed. Can Michael read minds like Grand Peepee? Oh. Oh, yeah. There was a moment where she got the impression that Michael was was uh, reading uh, Kevin's mind in, in one scene. Um, oh, where he comes in, he's like, he knows. Yeah, yeah. About the book. Yeah. I think he just... I think he was already suspicious or i think you could tell because of how angry he seemed busting into the church to he's like oh he knows like one of those kind of things but who knows and then she said these characters oh she loves all the characters she put a bunch of emojis that she loves them it's true i love like pretty much everybody at this point um well what's doctor who's name in this show uh matt Matt isn't annoying yet this season. Right. So he's doing he's doing pretty well. That's yeah. a, he was the one that I was most like like I love the performance, but just as a character was just like annoyed, obviously. But even him, I'm like right. now I'm like, oh, it's so nice to see. And of course, it feels like he's serving a good purpose this season. He's he's gotten a little wiser in what he's his, his intention should be. <clears throat> yeah, and plus I feel, he got I, Mary back. It's so nice to see her. I know, but now she's like taken anything. off. She's getting out of there. Oh right, she's awesome yeah. in West Wing. So it's like <laughs> I didn't know if they were gonna ever let her speak. Um, I love seeing her all full of life and acting and uh, having a great time. It's nice to see that. I, and watched, I also watched uh, nine and ten of season two. Just that's what I was thinking of seeing. Oh, you got right, to see right. more of her there. Oh yeah, yeah, that was cool. But yeah, it's sad that she's leaving Matt. But he seems to be obsessed with this book of Kevin situation so we'll see where that goes um alana's thoughts on episode two don't be ridiculous (laughs) (laughs) themes (laughs) themes messiah jesus things being ridiculous being cursed pick of pole man and killer whale oh yeah what was the deal with the it was it just a funny moment i bet he had that picture the actor. Yeah, you're right. I bet and he did. And Lindelof was like, can we just use it? I bet, yeah, the production called him and was like, do you have any old photos we could use for that the show? That was on his Instagram. And they're like, <laughs> you know, can we use the whale picture? That's his headshot. Um, season. I like right after I would that not, part. I would not call an actor in on a headshot where they're standing next to a killer whale. Right. <laughs> uh, season uh, three, Nora is a bitch. Right after the part where they go up on the platform going through his stuff, and she's like making fun of him for being the Messiah or whatever. Yeah. And the like, hallelujah music kicks in. And 
it's him and Nora going down on the lift, like out of frame, like yeah. instead of him like ending, it was like to the hallelujah, but he's like descending. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> like no. Um, That's no- interesting. Nora's body's natural radiation fucks electronics. Ooh, oh. good hot take, Alana. That's really good, Alana. Gotta be hot take. That's very good. It's white hot. Yeah. Because what's up with all the gadgets not working for her? What's that all about? And then her final bullet point for episode two is, let me watch the next episode. Well, now you can. By the way, I was looking for a microphone to help Owen out for this episode to have a nice microphone, and I found the burner phone that they sent me. Oh, God. During the, you were supposed to destroy that in season two. I know, but I kept it because I love it. Um, but I tried to turn it on and it's dead, and I don't know how to charge it. So, what is it? What charger? It's like uh, here. It, I think it's like mini USB. I don't know. What is that? That looks like USB micro. <laughs> yeah. USB two micro. You dude, plug it. Plug in your PlayStation Four controller cable into that, and it will charge it. Are you serious? Yeah. What I'm serious. Oh, okay. Thank you, Siri. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what happened? What did Siri say? Siri just answered me when I said, are you serious? Don't be ridiculous, Siri. Don't be ridiculous. I have I have a similar cable. Oh, yeah. Should I try charging it right now and see if it'll turn on during the yeah. show at some point? All right. We're all on the edge of our fucking seat here. All right. Well, that's the end of Alana's thoughts anyway. So, uh, good thoughts, Alana. Great thoughts, Alana. Especially on that radiation one. That one's real good. She's better than us, guys. I'm going to step in it this up. Goddamn. Here we go. Okay. Now I'm going to plug it in. Moment of truth. Riveting podcast. <laughs> There was that moment in the show when uh, Kevin was talking to the guy who shoots dogs and the oh, music yeah. like swelled and then he told him what he thought and it just cuts off. <laughs> oh, dude. Cut. It was incredible. What a I gr- love the use of music in this show. It's so awesome. Such, you don't get to normally do stuff like that when you're putting stuff together. Everyone wants it so like what you're used to. Same old typical stuff. Oh, oh and so for, for some reason, your mic seems a little blown out. Is that just me, Brett? Mine? No, Brett Owens. Mine. I moved it away. Is this better? Yeah, that sounds good. Was that just me? I think it was uh, just you. Oh, okay. My bad. Well, you sound good yep. now. Let me know. But okay, You sound great. If I listen back, uh, uh, the recording could make a fool of me here. Listen, everyone sounds great, okay? Why you just... All right. <laughs> Don't even let him get through it. So he's turning. We live here. All right. Let's get to these clips. How about some clips? Some clips. You guys want to get to some goddamn clips? What the fuck, Joe? The fuck, Tom? Clips? Yes. Clips. Clips, clips. Clips, clips. Ooh. It's like part of a lava lamp.
far the rest of it is. So she killed herself. The world spins on. Good riddance, Patricia. We hardly fucking knew you. All right. I don't know what that was. That was, was random clip. That was random clip. All right. Here's the first. I'll just play him. It's just a matter of time before one of those fuckers bites your face off. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I love that she equated it to uh, Siegfried and Roy. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> that was, like, that... Uh, at the end of um, season two. When he gets up after being shot and he comes out and everything's like burning and then he goes and he finds her standing there with all the GR or whatever and she just starts singing or something like that and he just starts walking away like whatever fuck you guys I'm oh so yeah sick of this. you remember yeah. what she do you remember what she sang <laughs> oh yes you guys did a beautiful rendition. <laughs> <laughs> when that harmony kicks in, it's great. I'm trying to find the other one. The sky, Fuck. Demanding explanations. No answers came, no soothing words. Just silence Jackpot. and frustration. <laughs> but in Jordan Town, the sun shone bright a miracle. The light of love poured down. Let's find your bird. That's insane. Can right. you believe there was a time before irony? <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Next clip. You watching porn? <laughs> oh, yeah. You watching porn? <laughs> <laughs> watching porn? You watching porn? All right, next clip. That's how they get their finger on the button. <laughs> Sorry. How they get their paw on the button. <laughs> I love it. Hey, man, it's me, Dean. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I was like, oh, I thought we were done with him. Now no, we are. No, he's got to get shot in the head by his son. Apparently, dogs are taking on human form, and they are infiltrating the highest levels of our government. It'll be ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god a party <laughs> oh fuck that's so good jackpot that's the new jackpot oh my god a party <laughs> A party? <laughs> this the house where all the fucked up people live? 
<laughs> Damn, Brett, these are great clips. He settled for the pillar only after we got arrested trying to crucify him. I got one nail in before those fuckers had me in cuffs. <laughs> it's like the kind of shit you'd hear in Reno 911 while the cops are arrested. <laughs> I got one nail in him. Was that <laughs> Grace Butler? Yeah, and she was name? and she was in season two also. Oh, was she Grace Under Fire? Yeah. Oh, wow. Brett, you recognized her, right? Oh, I do now. She's the paddle lady. That what was, was the... Uh... She's the one what that was, was her, like her uh, catchphrase in Grace Under Fire. <laughs> oh, here. Don't be ridiculous. I had it right there. I had it <laughs> queued up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she was the one that was saying "yell out David" or whatever while you beat, yeah. like, while you b- break this paddle on my boy here. What a weirdo! All right, next clip. This the house. Oop. He settled for the pillow. Nope, did that one. We can't have a sense of humor about you being the Messiah. We're going to have a problem. (laughs) Damn, these are great. Great job, Breast. It's the logo for the Wu-Tang Band. (laughs) (laughs) And finally. You don't need to explain, Kevin. (laughs) You don't need to explain, Kevin. Oh, my God. A party? All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah. Fuck, Alana's going to love that clip next week. All right, let's get to some emails, bitch. Look who's here. Fuck your daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's nice. Oh, shit. Billy Ray. Officer Mustard Stain. Time for some emails. Oh my god. A party? All right. (laughs) (laughs) Gabby Rosado sends an email saying, Hello, boys and girl. I'm Gabby. She says she's got a quick thought about Evie. Hi, Gabby. She's got a quick thought about Evie's motivation. Longtime first time show watcher and first time watcher of The Leftovers. I've been enjoying the show a lot, even though it makes me feel like I am in a fever dream every time. I had some thoughts about the whole Virgil, John, Evie situation. Have not seen season three episodes just yet, so I'm not sure if it ever gets brought up again. But I wanted to give my thoughts now while they were fresh. I do not think that Virgil molested or hurt Evie. Throughout the season, it is always explicitly said that Virgil hurt John. Even Kevin says, he told me what he did to you. I think that John's reaction to that statement makes it seem like it was him because he denies it so hard, like he is ashamed and embarrassed. I don't think he would have have the same type of reaction if it was Evie who got hurt. He might even admit to Kevin that is the reason Virgil shouldn't be trusted. As for Evie, my theory as to why she joined the Guilty Remnant is because she might have found out that her mother was planning on leaving. Her mother did mention to Nora that she believed that Evie wouldn't understand slash handle her leaving. Maybe she found that hidden bag that Erica had in the house with the money and figured out her plan. It would explain why she wrote to Erica, you understand, because Erica was planning on abandoning her. Whoa, that's really good. Mm-hmm. That's really good. 
But it's so weird I that, in that, like, I, I guess I'm just having a hard time with the idea that Evie, so Virgil, like, maybe, I mean, but but Patty called him a pedophile. So it it, it assume it, it it insinuates that Virgil potentially did something to John when but he I think was younger. Patty only ever knew what Kevin knew. Like in the version of Patty that we saw, I feel like it the show cleared up that she only knew things that Kevin had been told. Well, it was like it gave you some instances where you could like say that, but then it also gave you instances where it, it couldn't. Like when Patty was sitting on the chair <clears throat> when Kevin woke up and Nora was gone in season two and behind her was the note that said the key is under the pillow. Like if if Patty wasn't there, then the note then he would have seen the well, note. He was there. there to Kevin, but as a manifestation of his own mind. Like I don't think Patty was able to intuit things that Kevin didn't already know. I just think it's it's unclear. If if that's what they're saying, and I think that's on purpose. <clears throat> but anyway, she says uh, that's just my thought on that. Thank you for this podcast; it's my absolute favorite. Love you guys, Jackpot. Did <clears throat> did Kevin know about Patty being on Jeopardy? Oh, well, once he went into the hotel area, I think all rules are off. That's that might be real. That's different than a hallucination, right? But then, why would he need to get rid of her? Well, yeah, I guess that's still what it. That's that does explain that still. Huh, who knows? I don't know. <clears throat> Beto sends an email saying, "Hey, gang, Beto. what it do? New season, new notes. Three hundred one. Anyone else thinking about that Simpsons episode where they wait for the rapture like fifteen times?" Oh, the, the the meteor's coming or whatever? That might be, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hot cop got hotter copper. This the season of beards. The beard does a lot for him. <laughs> Agreed. Sound alert, maybe we shot some dogs together. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that dog was destroying the evidence by eating the sandwich. They are coming for the president. <laughs> I can't imagine. I loved all that. That was insane. <laughs> I know. I love it so much. I feel like it was just one person being like, are we ever going to do anything with that guy? It's like, oh, let's bring him, make him crazy and kill him. <laughs> right. I can't imagine what it feels to have my daughter murder by a drone strike or a gas leak, but has anyone done a 180 as strong as John? Yeah. I mean, he really did. Now he's like all about the book of Kevin and shit. And he used to be like, not about anything happening, any kind. Oh, of I life. think he like broke a little yeah. bit. Yeah, he was hanging on to a lot, and I think whatever he was hanging on to, he let go. I mean, he lost his daughter and he, his wife, and his wife. And yeah. it seems like he's really. It seems like he basically only had his son left, and was largely like, whatever you're into, I'm gonna be into, because I need to make sure this relationship works. Maybe he didn't work well with somebody like Erica, who's kind of challenging to like get your shit together kind of person. And maybe with, now that he's been with Lori, he's like a lot more like he needed somebody more sensitive to help him to this new, better person of himself. Yeah. And it was also his three years. Yeah. It's a long time. Do you guys think that 
it was really nice to see Regina King again, and she looked fantastic. And that and that setting, swanky new yeah, uh, apartment or house that setting seems to allude to the idea that she's found success in leaving John. And that um, I think I think that's just you can afford houses in the middle of America. Well, they're, they're <laughs> I mean, they're technically. I mean, they're. It seems like they're in Austin. Like Jarden shooting, shooting like they did shoot it in Austin, but Jarden doesn't exist, and mm-hmm. they say it's in Texas. You bite your goddamn tongue. <laughs> and they say it's in Texas, and I just get the feeling that they're just like, for all intents and purposes, it's just Austin. But I don't know. I mean, I I, I think geographically it might be where. But no, here. she went to. Nora drove or flew. Flew, flew to St. Louis. Flew to St. Louis. And then and she, drove to Kentucky. Erica's in Kentucky. Is that? Well, or no, or she, no, that's where Lily was. Lily was she, in Kentucky. She flew to St. Louis, drove <laughs> to Kentucky to see Lily, but it seems like she flew back to Texas yeah. and then saw Erica. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But, I like the one, um, there was a line from <laughs> Matt that was like, when you hear him uh, talking to the church when you first see him in the first episode, and he's like, and we'll be doing baptisms down at the the spring or whatever that God has seen fit to refill with water. <laughs> <laughs> so they didn't have to, like, keep it, like, special effects drained, you know, like, from right. the earthquake. That's all it takes. Right. That's all it takes. I also liked that Kevin. Yeah, I'm like, that's fine. That, um... Uh, Matt had his microphone and was talking to his congregation and then in the scene right after it, Kevin had his microphone and was talking to his like police force. That's good. And through a little microphone situation. And I felt like that was yeah. kind of like a, an interesting choice anyway. Okay. So, uh, that dog was destroying evidence. Can't believe. Okay. So three Oh two tower. Santa's... Does that mean that when Nora then walks in, she doesn't need the microphone to address the people. I, I loved that. I loved that. Cause she was just like, can you guys hear me? Fuck a stupid microphone. Like, here's mm-hmm. the deal. You I don't, know? I don't need a congregation. Let's right. I don't need a congregation. Just listen. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. I, but either way it was a power move and she's always doing power moves and it's always great. Um, tower Santa's wife is the one that gave Matt the money for the ore spanking. That's why he was helping her. The coworker Nora talks to on the phone is the one that came to investigate Evie's departure last season. Um, are you sure? Cause I think it was, yeah. I, don't, I don't think it was, he that... was the guy who she stole his suitcase or whatever i don't think that's the guy i think it's the guy from the first season that um that she works with at the department of departures or whatever the guy that's in the office that she works with and he was that might be true but i thought what beto said either way i thought it was that guy i was like oh i guess they made up yeah i don't think it's that guy but i i'm i can guarantee to you it's the guy from the first season and the reason why i remember is because that guy was really good, and he was, like, eating while he was doing his scene, like a sandwich and getting it all over the place. And then in this scene, he was doing it again when he was telling her about the Perfect Strangers guy. He's just, like, eating a sandwich. So I don't know if that's, like, a joke that they have for that actor or something, but, you know. Thinks he's, thinks he's Brad Pitt. I'll find out. Find out for me, Brett. He thinks he's Brad Pitt. <laughs> 
Um, in the beginning credits, there seems to be Wu-Tang generated names, the Lonely Donkey Kong and Specialist Contagious. Oh, yeah. Did you guys see that? What was up with that? I did. It's just Wu-Tang Clan stuff. It's just Wu-Tang Clan stuff. In which part? <laughs> in the opening, at, when it says, like, directed by or, like, written by or whatever, it has, like, these weird names. It has the Lonely Donkey Kong and Specialist Contagious under like who wrote it or whatever oh did it yeah that guy that actor was in season two and the episode lens nora is irritated by unexpected visitors ah shit so it is that guy yeah it is that guy so what about the season one guy Joel murray was he also in season one nope this guy was only in season two and three wow my brain i was really sure of it God, I gotta go think about my life now. That's why we do this show. I gotta go think about some things. Will you guys give me a moment? So we fix Steve's brain, guys. All right. Every time you think you got an answer to a mystery, it just opens more doors. <laughs> what the mystery be, guys? All right. It's funny that I know it's, it's season three, but goddamn. It. It's funny that it's October fifteenth in Australia instead of fourteenth. Time is relative. That's why they guys calculating the rapture in the first episode will never get it right. Sound alert. Cruiser 1's got Rue brains all over it, so give it a wash, will ya? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was good. <clears throat> that, that Australian lady on the horse, Grace, looks a lot like the female version of Kevin Sr., right? Anyway, somehow those ladies read or heard the book of Kevin and thought that the chief of police called Kevin in their town was the new messiah. They have shown religious people very wrong at least twice now, these ladies and the people in 1844. What? Hmm. <laughs> I mean, how do we know that, 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 that's their, that that's their town? Wouldn't the chief know who they were if that was their town? I think they're just... It seems like they're just hunting down dep- like sheriffs that are named Kevin. They're like looking for the one that the book is talking about. They just happened to they said he just happened to be like 20 kilometers away from here or something. Yeah. Anyway. Thanks Beto. Next email comes from Joseph O'Malley. He says, "Hi Brett and Steve and hopefully Alana if she was able to make it." Sorry if you've read an email from me this episode already, as I must have sent it too late last week since it didn't get read. Uh, you touched on pretty much everything There's I said. Still time. <laughs> Though so not much was lost except a joke about nearly seeing Justin's Johnson. We were so close. Fingers crossed season three blesses us with Thoreau's third leg. Welcome to the season of beards. Hope you're not too disappointed about the guilty remnant going bye-bye. Last week you said you wanted conflict with them, but I think that their death is the only realistic outcome considering how aggressive Aftec has been against cults in the past. I can't wait to hear all your thoughts on some of the drastic changes characters have gone through in those three years. John and Lori are together and pulling another helpful scam. Mary has left Matt. Kevin is a reluctant messiah. Nora's got an elderly doppelganger in Australia. And Erica has a trampoline. I'm looking forward to re-experiencing oh, yeah. this season, knowing it's the end point as it recontextualizes a lot of scenes. Hopefully for those watching for the first time, 
you enjoy it as much as I did. It's crazy to think we'll be halfway through the season next week. I'll see you then. Have a good one. Was that meant to be like they just the feeling of flying on the trampoline? Oh, and parting and going to heaven. Oh my god, a party! <laughs> it was definitely shot so you didn't really see the trampoline, it was just them coming up into the frame a lot. Yeah, that was, that was awesome though. It was fun. I loved it. Um, all the fun makes me nervous on Lindelof. Shows. <laughs> Uh-oh, everyone's getting along too well. Something's going to go on free. Oh, the fun's qu- free in a Lindaverse. The question I had for you guys was, do you think we'll see Erica again? Because it really seems like no. we've we're done with her. Yeah. yeah. It seems like she served her purpose. It's the She's same gone full circle. Same with Kevin's daughter, I feel like too. We might have seen her for the last time. Yeah, she time. had to go. She had to go shoot Death Note, <laughs> which I enjoyed. Still great. She's, she's so good in that Spike Jones perfume commercial. Oh yeah, that's right. And once upon a time in Hollywood. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Alex Sinicropi sends an email saying, "Pretty sneaky, BBs. On the last episode, you joked that season three was going to be a multicam sitcom." And wouldn't you dang know it, the theme song for Don't Be Ridiculous certainly made it sound like it, you sneaky little so-and-so. I wasn't anticipating it that soon. I didn't know when it would, when it was going to happen. Did you remember, Owen, that it was, yeah, that, it was the second that, episode? This was the other episode I was hoping to see, yeah. And you said, episode, little, but... you said episode three also, right? I think I said 302. Oh, 302. Okay, I mean, great. you're coming back next but you, week. <laughs> no, but you know what? I did definitely realize I do have a third favorite, and it's coming up. Oh, shit. Well. Can you? I think you would. You I, probably I, can guess. I don't remember much about the season. I remember big moments. I just don't remember when they happened. There's a very specific episode, and it's very I soon. think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> All right. Season two, episode 10 is my favorite. Does it feel like we're back to the lost season, Brett? Because Owen and I have both seen the leftovers and you have not seen the leftovers. Yeah, every time you say shit, every time you give a little like, no, that's interesting. I'm like, Mm. no, that's that's whatever (laughs) I said is a big deal. (laughs) Anyway, um, I apologize for my friend Eli, who is too long who is the too long born honking boy whose email couldn't be read for its length. He's trying. I don't like this commiseration, okay? Also, can you say hi to my big brother, James Sinicropi? Just hi. He loves you guys and wants to write in, but doesn't quite know how to internet. Sound clip, John to Nora and Kevin. Good morning. Oh, that was a good morning. Damn. I wasn't even listening for good mornings. Dude, I'll go get it. We'll have it next week. <laughs> okay, all right. Maybe Hashtag note. Brett, yes. Hashtag Alana, definitely. Hashtag Steve. Brett, what are you drinking over there? It looks kind of like something familiar. Is it what? expensive scotch, expensive scotch whiskey? whiskey. Expensive <laughs> scotch whiskey. The more we drink, oh, shit, I can't say it. Mick Hutchinson's the happier <laughs> we'll be. <laughs> it's Talisker. Please sponsor the show. <laughs> Wait, what? Guys! 
this can't be the real Dan of Dan's thoughts. But it's interesting because it says Daniel Lucas and it says Dan's thoughts. But I have a big giant warning in the email that says, be careful with this message. Daniel Lucas has never sent you messages using this email address. So even my Gmail says, this isn't the Daniel Lucas that normally emails first time show. But it says, hi, boys, it's me, Daniel, from Danny's Thoughts. Anyways, let's cut right to the chase. I love I, the air of mystery. I haven't been participating in the Routed. first time show. Why, you may ask? Because I found God, Stephen. I've spent all my time praying like a motherfucker. As a result, there isn't time for shows about boys going bye-bye. Anyway, see ya, Dan. <laughs> I don't think that's Dan, but I I have enjoyed I enjoyed it. <laughs> Can you play well, Dan? listen, the real Dan has to step up and clear his name. Yeah, legit. You <laughs> Jerry sends an email saying Justin Thoreau's bulge. I'm back from the lost days. Finally started rewatching The Leftovers this Monday while respecting the format, of course. I'm binging through the episodes and the podcasts to catch up with you guys before you finish season three. Just started season two, and I absolutely love The Leftovers and your podcast. I'm slowly falling in love with Alana. I fell in love with Steve many years ago. And hashtag Brett, yes. P.S. Steve, can you never please play the dog barks ever again? Please and thank you. Why? Apparently, dogs are taking on human form. Oh, I see. That's why. That's why. the highest levels of our government. Ah, okay. I get it. Yeah. It's fair. O'Sheen! O'Sheen! My captain! O'Sheen sends an email saying, The Garveys, a multi-camera sitcom, episodes one and two. Hey, boys and girls, what's going on? I'm ashamed to admit it, but I am illegally downloading this show every week. Oh, man. Jackpot. Oh, shit. We got a player here. The show is just... He's in a different country. The laws are different. The but... show just isn't available for me in Ireland, you see. The reason I bring this up is the version of the episode I got on the internet seems to be glitched somehow instead of the dark depressing show i normally see this week i downloaded a whimsical sitcom here's a clip for reference if any of you boys could help me get this show back to the depressing tone i yearn for please let me know thank you i think this means you're saying his name correctly now oh cuz he's not he's not <laughs> sending he us corrections in the guide. <laughs> all right let's listen to what I guess this is the version of the episode he got of the leftovers he found. What were you guys talking about out on the porch? Your penises? <laughs> no, we were talking about what we were doing when we were 25. <laughs> Told the story about having more crush in the back of me. Oh, how romantic. <laughs> It's more romantic than we met at the divorce court and you told me fuck my daughter. That's not what we met. You met at the Christmas dance and told me you cheated on your wife. <laughs> you gotta work on your story. Mm. <laughs> Let me get that. I got it. Are you getting cast off? Um, day after tomorrow. 
Wow. Wonderful. Wonderful work. That's amazing. Guys, That's amazing. the phone turned on. The okay. F- the phone turned on. Are you guys ready? Are you going to call? Ghostbusters. <laughs> oh, shit. I had three missed calls. Oh, my goodness. What's Okay. Well, From when? What date? Wait. Recent calls. All missed calls. September 24th. Oh, it doesn't have a date. Hang on. Let me see if there's messages. Oh, yeah. We're initializing, guys. What happens if I try to use this? Is it connected to anything, you think? There's no way. I think we're, not, we're in uncharted waters right now. <laughs> Watchers. If it's a prepaid phone, would it still work? If there's, like, money left? That, um... Yeah, why not? Wait, what? You're, the Garvey's at their best... A man said to the universe by Stephen Crane. What? Watchers, your post. Cairo reading William Butler Yeats. He bids his beloved be at peace. Yeah, so that's like the kind of text I would get. I would get like weird shit like that. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, I got one new message. Today? AT&T free message. Need to refill? Go to myprepaidrefill.com. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, there it is. <laughs> Another mystery solved. <laughs> <laughs> We're just solving mysteries all over the place. John King sends an email saying, Wu-Tang forever. Howdy, BBs and Bobby. Just wanted to write in and mention. What's up, Bobby? that today I coincidentally bought a Wu-Tang logo t-shirt before watching episode three, where we learn about Nora's appreciation for the killer bees of Shaolin. So I've been wondering, what am I subconsciously trying to cover up? Damon Lindelof has done it again. Anyways, y'all, just wanted to, I love y'all and enjoy the show. Also, I really dig Alana's perspective and voice here, because personally, I claimed The Leftovers as my favorite show and got other friends on board with it. But now that I'm on this journey again, I'm finding that it might not be the case anymore, but it's still tremendous. Take care. Officer Mustardstain. Wow. Alana would be happy to hear that. I could see that. Jing yeah, I'm Max. glad we got her thought. Jing Max sends an email saying, bro. We should grow our beards together, bro. We're going to look so good, bro. Hey, everybody. Remember last week when I said season three was going to be about Team Kevin versus the Guilty Remnant? Okay, Damon, never mind then. Anyway, here's a clip of Matt. Suffering from beard envy, Max. All right, here's the clip. It's just so many people want to come. <laughs> That's great. It's just so many people want to come. Love it. I love all the... I think the beards are better. Me too. Like oh, when, yeah. when I rewatched for the last one, whatever, the season two ones, uh-huh. I was I was almost shocked. Where I was like, oh, right, I forgot. Kevin didn't have a beard until season three. But in my mind, just thinking about the show, they it's the beard of Kevin. I know, you're right, because that's the most recent Kevin. And, I like, and bearded Matt, too. I yeah, like yeah. 
I, course, and John, of course, we, of course, the three of us like the beards. <laughs> uh, do you guys think they're going for, for like uh, Jesus and his disciples kind of like uh, Old Testament kind of looks? Yeah. Okay. I do. Israel Chavez Lopez says season three premiere. Woo! Hello, boys and girls. Israel here, ready for the last season of this awesome show. The contrast between the two episodes was very cool. Episode one, focusing so hard on religion, Christianity mainly, while episode two's main focus was science. I don't believe in any God, but I find it fascinating to dive into the psychology of who does. The first episode was crazy. So many changes on the dynamic of the main cast, but I guess that's what happens when three years go by. Honestly, I'm just happy that everybody but Nora are finally living fulfilled lives. Speaking of which, I like how vulnerable Nora was on episode two. This is just a reminder that having moments of vulnerability doesn't mean you're not a strong person, and also being a strong person doesn't mean that you have to deal with everything all by yourself. Erica being a real MVP. I'm so excited to hear your thoughts on this two episodes. Love you guys. Stay safe. And always wear a mask. What if in that Nora scene in the potential future, when it finally revealed her, it turned around and she had a big beard? (laughs) They did a good job of making her look old. Dude, her old age makeup is very good. Yeah. Uh, Also, what's she doing in that scene anyways? What's she working on? I I hated that. (laughs) <laughs> sure, that's sure the only part i've not liked of this whole show you don't like yeah, flash but... forwards <laughs> like i was like listen too soon like we don't 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 throw that fucking curveball listen as Brett, Kevin's deciding whether or not to throw the gospel in the fucking fire listen it's the end of the whole series you gotta go big i guess that seemed it seemed like the end of the first episode of the mandalorian don't at me Whoa! Yeah, but she's, she's also working with a lot of birds. Oh yeah, birds, big thematic. Bird. <laughs> Meaning, I felt like it was there just to make them go. It felt like it felt like Lindelof getting really close to me and going, "Huh? Right? <laughs> Isn't that crazy?" <laughs> I needed just like a hair more context. Daniel sends an email saying, "This is uh, this the podcast where all the fucked up people talk." Hello there, first-time boys and girl. After watching these episodes, I am not fully on board yet, but they are very interesting, okay? (laughs) You're still hoping to get into the show? (laughs) (laughs) I'm almost done with the whole thing, but I'm not quite into it yet. I heard the last six episodes. Uh, You know what? I'll give it a few more episodes. After watching these episodes, I'm... Oh, sorry. A few questions. Is the plastic bag on the head how he does his hair? Did, <laughs> did Nora lead to sex to avoid the conversation about Lily? Also, what? Ha- has Brett directed a sex scene? What's the process like? Yes, it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> it's super uncomfortable. Brett, why'd you uh, cut out the sex scene between me and the monster from Frankenstein MD? That was a lovely um, shoot day. It, PBS cut it out. I didn't have a choice. Oh, that makes sense. I did direct a sex scene where our lead actor was great and wonderful, and the girl in the sex scene um, was super not into it. And I, I've, I've honestly never been as uncomfortable in my entire life. 
because I wanted to be like, then let's skip it. Let's not do the sex scene. It was so weird to talk. I don't know. I just felt, I've never felt more uncomfortable. <laughs> um, I've avoided all sex scenes since. <laughs> Put it out there. You got to be a specific type of person to really rock a sex scene. By the way, the Perfect Strangers theme killed me. Off to Australia, Daniel, sent via carrier pigeon. John sends an email. Thank you, Brett, for enlightening us with that. Yeah, I like to I like scenes. I like to tell jokes in scenes. Yeah, agreed. I've never been a very serious director. <laughs> it's good though when they do it right, like in this show, because it's real and intimate. You know, it it gives you the connection and stuff. It, if they're doing it right, for sure. I'm more likely to direct an episode of like. Perfect strangers than uh, leftovers, frankly. <laughs> uh, hey, Don't gang. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> hey, gang, this is it. The last season. The first episode really was the writers trying, oh, tying up loose ends and streamlining the show arcs, story arcs. I was surprised seeing Meg and the Guilty Remnant being written off so abruptly, especially after her episode was a highlight last season. Loved seeing Kevin's family all gathered up together. I'm a big fan of shaggy-looking Kevin. Oh, and what's up with that flash forward? Yeah, I know. My favorite part of the second episode was the Nora-Erica conversation and the interesting contrast between their last big scene together last season. Also, I think Tommy was trying to give some tough love to Nora, but man, he was a bit harsh on her. Also, I love the use of the Perfect Strangers theme in the opening and how they used it as a leet motif during the episode. Light motif, yeah. Oh. It's just an, it's another it's a German or something for theme. Oh, basically. interesting. I'd never even seen that word. Finally, get out of here with your $2 words, John. Finally, <laughs> Scott Glenn's name is in the opening credits and I can't wait to see more of him. What? The the guy from Perfect Strangers? No, that's the day. Uh, Kevin Singer. Oh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Can't wait to hear your thoughts on this crazy season. Take care, John. All right. Two more emails. Zyshan says, thoughts on the show clips and clips intro. Ooh, we got a new clips intro. Hey, boys, and likely no girl, and hopefully Owen. My internship was already on. Somebody was listening. <laughs> yeah, at least one person was listening and gets a star. Or this is an old email. <laughs> this is about lost. Either way. <laughs> um, my internship was already on probation last week, so I can't imagine where I'm at after that long-ass email last week, so I'll keep this short save my job. Oh, he's our intern. intern. Yeah, okay, good job, intern. And I don't want to get stoned by Owen, so instead of apologizing for my email, I'll attach a clips intro I made and some clips. The first one... The first being one you missed from the last episode. Okay. But first, a clarification. Hope you're taking notes wherever you are, Alana. Last week was indeed the four-year anniversary episode. This, the August thing Alana was talking of this about. Show? Of this show, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Impressive. That's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Four years? Well, of course we can't be ridiculous. All right. <laughs> the August thing. And, and we were just group texting about a definite 
plan for at least another year. Yeah, we were. We were solidifying where the show's going. There was a, a lot of a lot of ideas. A lot of buzzing in the EZU. Uh, I'm not going to uh, do any of it, though. <laughs> people, people on that text thread are excited. The August thing Alana was talking about was the next milestone, which is the 100th episode. The podcast will release on August 3rd. If you guys record on the Sunday before, that would be the first. Okay. Thanks, buddy. Season three, episode one. I'm trying to think where we'll be at that point. Will we be done with the leftovers? I don't think Will so. Because be I thought alive? I thought October was when potentially that new HBO show starts. That's like that's when it ends. Oh, that's when it ends. Oh shit. Okay, so we'll be into that show then, or we'll. Just We've only like... got three more weeks of leftovers. And this is December, right? Our intern says season three, episode one, permanent OT. Looks like Miracle isn't defunding the police. The Leftovers is ahead of its time when Nora says, let's talk about the D word. I think they have the best version of the, they have the kind of police that we would like. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Kevin has gone full season one, Saeed. The reason why he was so insistent on six o'clock was because he had a stand-up set before. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, because he was doing his story and everyone was laughing about, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Shit, we need some Seinfeld music. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, perhaps you'd like some shoes from this suitcase I found. Remember Remember his dumb jokes? I have no need for them personally. <laughs> yeah, I have no need for them. I found these high heel slippers. I have no need for them. I forgot. <laughs> Dude, I can't wait to watch it with Alana because we're just going to laugh at all that stupid I shit. I feel like there were so many clips from Lost left on the table. That you really we didn't think get. so? You really think so? Yeah. We really cleaned up. We cleaned up. There was the a place. few times I watched episodes. I have a better system now. Pulling them, I like your system a lot. I think it's good. Okay, good. Yeah, Brett's been killing it. Yeah, you're killing it. Uh, Let's see, Master. I think Jill saying you'll never see me again was literal and a fourth wall break. It really felt like they were cleaning house this episode and getting rid of Mary, Dean, and Jill and Erica. Except that might have been the next episode. It was the next episode. One written copy? What the fuck, Matt? Back your shit up. I bet Michael thought, okay, boomer, when Matt told him that and scanned the whole book. That gave me such anxiety. <laughs> Especially when he was going to like burn Stop it. Stop it. Stop that shit. Come on. It was funny. Somebody was like, go to Kinko's. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nora said that. Immediately. Um, absolutely fantastic episode with a mind-breaking ending. The reveal that Matt was writing a book about Kevin with the subsequent fallout and John's delusion was absolutely amazing. Season 3, episode 2, everything that matters is up there in the cloud, right? Foreshadowing about the book? Didn't think anything w- would have topped Kevin singing karaoke in Purgatory, but Nora and Erica jumping on the trampoline over Wu-Tang Clan sure came close. And holy fuck, Regina King's thighs. All right, intern. Which Wu-Tang Clan song was it? I don't know. I bet it says it here. Hang on. Let's see. 
Don't you dare look it up. It wasn't up, one right? I like immediately recognized. Uh, it is. Oh my god, I got some really fun info here. <laughs> <laughs> well, hurry up, Bowen's got to go to bed. <laughs> Uh oh, it's called Pro- Protect Your Neck, the jump off. Is it Protect Your Neck? Yeah. Alright. Also, check this shit out. Um where is it? Nora gets the Wu Tang clan logo tattooed over her children's names. The writer's credit for this episode features Damon Lindelof and Tom Prada's names filtered through the Wu Tang name generator an unofficial website that assigns visitors a name along the lines of those adopted by the band members. The website most famously provided Donald Glover with his rapper name, Childish Gambino. Well, there you go. We got to all go do it. Oh, let's do it right now. You want to do it? Yeah, he, keep going through the email. We'll put Alana in there, too. No, it's already ready to go. Let's try Brett first. Brett Register is Foolish Killer. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to answer anything else. Owen is violent contender. <laughs> <laughs> Alana's is fearless commander. <laughs> That's great. That's a great name. She's the leader of the group. And mine is arrogant madman. <laughs> <laughs> Well, wow. of course it is. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I love it so much. It's a fun it's show. We've been doing it for four years. Guys. Nora and Kevin's reaction. I love how we've been doing it for four years, and it feels still so disjointed and broken and not finished. Yeah. Like, not, like we haven't found our stride yet. <laughs> it took us four years to get there, to realize that's the format. I, I've never been so... I've never stumbled through something I've been working on for so long before. <laughs> like This would be like sitting down to shoot like the thousandth episode of Table Talk and be like, how do we do this yes, show Yes, exactly. <laughs> Shit, how do we end it? Why is there such a lull like, right well, now? How do you want to do it today? <laughs> right. <laughs> Why didn't anybody talk for three seconds a, a minute ago? <laughs> All right. Um Nora and Kevin's reactions were hilarious. Brett, how do you think your wife would react to you doing that? Steve, how about Alana? Oh, if what would happen if Jamie walked in on you with the bag over your head? That's awful. She would have so I would I would like run away because she would have too many questions. Yeah, you'd have to escape. You'd it have would to... be questions for the rest of our life. Yeah. And it would always be like if there's like a bag at a party or something, she would look at me and be like, just like, you know. Just stay away from the bag. Yeah. And I'm like, it's just one time. (laughs) I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure if Alana witnessed me do that, she would be like, you're going to get help right now or we're going to break up. (laughs) Which would be a smart thing to do. I feel Uh, like when you're dating, it's like, you got to fix this. And when you're married for... Almost 10 years. It's like, don't let anybody know about this. Yeah, exactly. We'll figure this out. We'll figure I've already it out. made my decision, and I don't need anybody to second guess that. I feel like Alana would be sympathetic and just be like, let's just make sure there's like a way that you're doing this safely if this is something you need to do. 
She'd be like, as long as you take these supplements before you do it, you'll be all right. Um, Nora is saying she is happy after breaking her own arm, and Kevin is saying he's happy after suffocating himself to feel something. Looks like we're going to Australia. Father-son reunion next episode? So I guess every episode this season is going to have an insane ending. It seemed like the present day based on the newscast in the beginning, so how did the ladies know about Kevin and Matt's book? which is presumably what she was quoting. Season three is shaping mm-hmm. up to be amazing so far. Enjoy the clips below. All right, we got a new clips intro, and we got some new clips. I'm ready. So let me get them. All right, what do you guys want to hear first, the clips or the new clips intro? The intro, and then we'll play the clip. All right, here's the new clips intro. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't think it's uh, anything. <laughs> really, either the file is messed up or it's literally nothing. Clips here. Oh, oh we're in. there it is. Oh, shit. We got clips here. Again, please. <laughs> Great. Love it. I love it. And here's the first clip. It's called Let's Go. Now is our chance. Do you trust me? Okay, and this clip is called Talking About. What are you two talking about? You watching porn? (laughs) That's great. All right. Thanks, intern. Thanks, intern. You're weird, but we like you. Anders. You're not fired yet. You're not fired yet, but you're on thin ice. Final email comes from Anders Lundbor. He says, the American song bag in The Leftovers? Okay, so I just realized that in episode two of season three of The Leftovers, at 10 minutes and 20 seconds, a rendition of Hallelujah, I'm a Bum is playing for like 10 seconds. I'm not sure what, but something is coming full circle, Steve. Love you all. Hope you stay safe. And greetings from Denmark. (laughs) Wow. I didn't realize that was a... You guys mentioned it as one of the ones in the song bag. Yeah, we we did a whole bit about it, but was it really Hallelujah, I'm a Bum? Yeah, it's because it starts with the Hallelujah Chorus, and that's when they went down on the thing that I was talking about, and then it cuts to, like, Matt doing something. That's and you hear what the that rest song, of the song is that keeps coming back? Yeah, it's like the old-timey song. Oh, my God, that's what that song is? Hallelujah, I'm a Bum. Hallelujah, I'm a Bum. Oh, my God. That's blowing my mind right now. Can I just play some of it? You're going to get a DMC takedown? I don't know. This is like a 1928 song. You think it could? Well, this isn't it, though. But this is just a version of it. Rejoice and be glad, for the springtime has come. We can throw down our shovels and go on the bum. Hallelujah, I'm a bum. Hallelujah, bum again. Hallelujah, give us a handout to revive us again. Wow. Is that the same guy who sings Big Rock Candy Mountain? Harry Harry McClintock? Sounds like the O Brother Art Thou song. Well, his name is Whoa. That's insane. This shit is getting crazy. Like, that's not, like, I, I, I don't know how I feel about it. 
<laughs> Shit. That's, That's so crazy. crazy. That's really crazy. Oh, bums of the earth. Well, all right. Cool. I don't have to think about that for an hour after we're done. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was the last email. So thank you, Anders, for that last email. And thank you all for sending in your emails. And of course, if you'd like to send in your email uh, to contribute to the show, the program in any way, you can send them to thefirsttimeshow at gmail.com. Um, what'd you guys think? You ready for more? Oh, and are you going to keep watching? Or are you just, you'll watch if you come back on or something? Why don't you just keep coming on, Owen, and stop being a fucking bum? Yeah, you should just come on for the rest of the season. I feel like the show is so much about, like, honesty and truth-telling and confessions and things. So we'll see you next week. Good luck, don't get sleepy. All like, in the spirit of honesty, I may have disrespected the format whoa did you just walk you just breeze through so we'll see you next week then? <laughs> we should get a theme song for us I guilting mean, look, Owen into coming it. back on the show every week you you've seen it already so that's okay if you don't respect the format but are you right i i've seen it already so i didn't think it was that big a deal but also yeah i, I tried waiting a couple days and like i was like no nah, I, I won't watch the rest you know whatever and I just kept thinking about it for a couple of days, and I was like, God. I know. I love damn it. Because I knew what was coming, and I wanted to, like, holy shit, man. You I'll know what's great, though? What? It's one of those, it's like how I want every movie and show to be, where it just transports you into its world. Yeah. And when you when you come out of it at the end of an episode or whatever, your brain's still, like, you walk outside, and you feel like you're still in that kind of place or yeah. in your brain that yeah. way. I love that. It's magical. How does it feel finishing it, having watched Watchmen and stuff? Does it does it feel like he really, it was really a precursor to the amazing shit he was going to do with Watchmen, pretty much? I think, I would think this was like peak Lindelof. And I certainly did before Watchmen, but now it's like, ooh. I know. Watchmen's like, so good. Yeah, and then Watchmen's like, eh. yeah. I mean, so. All right, don't say anything else because now you're building my expectations up too high. <laughs> okay, well, all right. Well, unreasonable. Listen, Owen, <laughs> since you've seen the rest, you should consider hopping on for the rest of the episodes if you'd like. It'd be fun to have you. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I've, the problem is, just, I've got, I'm lucky to have work, but Jesus Christ, I got work. You're a busy boy, yeah. Um, yeah. Brett, how do you feel, man? You you ready for the? What are your predictions moving forward from these episodes? Where do you, you think we're going to Australia? Do you think that's where we're going to be for the rest that, of the season? Um, I think we're probably going to wrap it up in Australia. I think we're going to leave Jarden, and we're gonna. That's going to be where the show is. Are you excited about that? Yeah. Any for theories? Sure. What do you think is going to happen with this book of Kevin? I think it's going to get out there. <laughs> you think it's going to uh, be a problem? Do you think they're going to, people are going to start to, there's going to be like a Kevin religion? Well, listen, I don't like being baited like this because I know you guys <laughs> are just, just drawing me in. What I do think is he will become like a Messiah figure and they'll crucify him and that's how we'll end the show. Whoa, but we'll I love see. that. That's really good. We'll see. I don't want to, you know. Well, of course I do. Don't be ridiculous.
ridiculous. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, Brett, I'm really excited to keep watching this show with you, and Alana will be back in the next episode. So shout-out to Alana's thoughts, and shout-out to all the people that emailed, and Owen, thank you for joining us. Hopefully you'll join us for the rest of the season. And thank you, See Brett. you next week, Owen. See you next week, Owen. And for everybody else, I want to say one final. Of course I have. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs>